Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, we're exploring the world of essential oils. And get this, my guest does not sell them, but he is the foremost authority on them. It's Dr. Eric Zielinski, known affectionately as Dr. Z. You'll get to meet him right after this. Okay, this is a big month for those of us in the U.S. It's National Rice Month, and it's a really big month for those of us in Arkansas, because Arkansas is the number one producer of rice in the U.S. And Ralston Family Farms, that's the rice company I've been bragging about for months now, is one of those premier producers of rice. Now, you've heard me talk about them on my podcast before because they're very unique in their approach to rice and farming. Ten generations have been farming, and the Ralston family is still getting her done in the beautiful Arkansas River Valley. They have an outstanding rice product. In fact, my husband didn't know he was such a rice knob, will only eat Ralston Family Farms rice. You can now get it at available Costco's, but I want you to check it out. In in fact, do this. Just go to their website, RalstonFamilyFarms.com. You can see where you can buy it. And then if there's not anything local to you, check out the savings you get when you save 15% with code FARM15. You'll get free shipping on all orders as well. Check it out, RalstonFamilyFarms.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Hey, we're here to help people. (laughs) We are here to help people. He just said it. That's the best way to open a podcast. We are here to help people. And we're going to do it with essential oils. Um, And I I just need, I'm going in full tilt. I've gotten rid of most of the fragrances around me, which Mm. makes me very sad because I do love me some fragrance. And I'm starting to cut everything out. But for the novice, where should they start cutting out the artificial fragrances? And then we'll talk about incorporating essential oils. Well, let me ask you, why are you sad? Because I love me some heavy scented candles. Yeah. That's what I miss. And and, um, it's the candles that I miss. And Mm -hmm. even my body fragrances, which I'm saving a million dollars because I could buy a kidney on the black market cheaper than I could get that (laughs) fragrance from Neiman's. So I'm really saving money in one end. But I miss those synthetic fragrances stay with you all day and essential oils sometimes I feel like they dissipate. Am I right uh, or wrong? On that? Well, you're yes and no actually. Um, but I think maybe you're sad. Like a lot of people are sad because they haven't found the right replacements, like the yeah, natural probably. versions. It's just like going from Oreos to Newton's to no O's because you know they're <laughs> not good for you, right? There's this right. transition. Right. So yes, first of all, everyone what what Lisa's talking about is ideal. Um, synthetic fragrances are public enemy number one to our neurological health, to which includes our mental health, our respiratory health. And here we are, on, whatever, I don't even know where we are in the midst of the crisis, but we have this 2020, 2021 crisis that has to do with our um, essentially inflammatory respiratory concerns and uh, the discussion we're not hearing is about what's in the air in addition so to answer your question the f- easiest thing people should do 
or the easiest thing people can do and what everyone needs to do is to strongly consider throwing away those candles, wallflowers, plugins, your poo-poo spray, all the Febreze, please for Febreze, don't sue me unless you come out with a non-toxic version of it because these artificial fragrances are essentially a scientifically made up version of the essential oil and the body literally sees it like it sees a threat like a bacteria, a virus, or a fungi. It's a toxin and it's been shown linked to dementia, Alzheimer's, as you would think, allergies and COPD, but also cancer and mental health concerns like anxiety, stress, and depression. Why? Because you're constantly inhaling it through your factory system. And, and not to get too much into science, unless you want me to, but when it comes to the neurological pathways of your body, the only pathway in the body that has a direct impact on the brain is the olfactory system. Case in point, accidentally, maybe, cut yourself or stub your toe, there is a one to two second hyper delay or a half a second delay from when you hurt yourself to when your brain says, ow, to when, you're, to when you pull your hand back. That's because that sensory input has to be interpreted by the thalamus. It's called the thalamic relay in your brain there is no thalamic relay with the sense of smell. Why? It's our primal sense. It's what connects us to the primates. It's the first thing that's developed in your brain is your limbic system, where your memory, your mood, your emotions, that's why most animals and primates don't even rely on their sense of sight and touch. They rely on their sense of smell. And we have desensitized and dampened our sense of smell because we don't need it. And you know, the concern that I have are smoke detectors. We shouldn't need smoke detectors. We have uh. developed smoke detectors because our sense of smell has been dampened. Now you have it, uh, keep it, say please. But the reality is the fact that we have dampened our sense, our primal sense from the beginning of time to the point where now olfaction is almost useless for humans. We need a box in the air that beeps that says, hey, something's wrong. <laughs> we don't, we right. didn't need that five, 10,000 years ago. So all that to say is your power of smell, your olfactory system is the difference between healthy, positive moods, emotions, proper autonomic function, memory, and it will change your life. So first throw that junk away and let me help you replace all that with aromatherapy. So what are you burning in your office right now? Like what's the first thing you do yeah. in the morning? What do you start burning? Which ones? Ooh, well, you use the word burning. Um, it's a good, I'm glad you use that because what this is is a water ultrasonic diffuser. There is, a, again, you can get them on Amazon for 20, 30 bucks, right? There's a, there's a disc on the very bottom of a water tank, it holds 150, maybe 200 milliliters of water. And it vibrates at such a high speed, it literally breaks up the water and the essential oils into mist. You're seeing mist, which is highly dispersed essential oils. This will last me eight hours. And so, to your point, you know, when I used to wear the um, expensive colognes of perfumes, your body adapts to the smell. When you first put it on, it, it hits you hard, but then after 10, 15, 20 minutes, you're not really smelling it. I mean, if you did, it'd drive you crazy, just like clothes. Think of this. When you put on your clothes, your shirt, your underwear, your, your socks, you felt it immediately, but do you feel your socks right now? No, if you did, you'd be going nuts. You'd be constantly moving. That's our body's adaption. Like, okay, this stimuli isn't gonna move. It's not gonna change. It's good, but here's the thing. Even though I don't smell it, Officially, like it's 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 peppermint and orange, even though right now, unless I put my nose to it, 
but I've been in this location for a few minutes, my body's adapted to it. I am not recognizing the smell, but my brain does. My brain is literally being impacted by the volatile organic compounds. I have orange, because orange is a proven antidepressant. It's an anti-inflammatory, which is rich in limonene, a chemical shown to kill cancer cells. I also included spearmint. Spearmint and orange are a great little one-two punch. It's, it's part of our get up and go blend. You could use it also in a, an aromatherapy inhaler for on the go, like my wife has one of these. She smells it on her way to the gym because she gets up at 3.30 in the morning to go work out before she nurses the baby. Bless her heart, but that's what <laughs> she likes to do. And that's her thing, but she also crashes on the couch at eight o'clock at night. So it's whatever you want, right? But the reality is spearmint is wonderful as an invigorating essential oil. It opens up the airways. It literally gives you an oxygen boost. It helps, gives the energy and the focus. So we like balancing orange and peppermint and spearmint, if you have peppermint or spearmint. It's a wonderful blend. But that's our basically solution to a cup of coffee or a shot of espresso in the morning. And I'll put everything we're talking about in the show notes. So if anyone's listening going, God, now what was that he was talking about again? So uh, that will definitely be included because you have your own proprietary blends, right? Or your own business with essential oils. Is that correct? No. Thank you for saying that. Okay, good. I am the, well... The only one at the level that we do it at, we reach millions. We reach three and a half, four million people a year through our website, social media channels. We're the only one in the world that is non-branded. We don't represent a company. We're not in network marketing, no doTERRA Young Living. We're not an aromatherapist who sells his or her own line. So what we do, I'm glad you mentioned that because we speak very freely without that financial bias. And so I don't, what I do as a researcher I pull the blends that the scientists are evaluating in the clinical trials, and every recipe that's in my book is based off of that in my books that we publish. So this is evidence-based aromatherapy. Now, are they all, are they food safe? Could we put a little of the orange on our tongue and would we enjoy it, or would it burn us? Because that stuff's really stronger than you think. Yeah, that's so. The reality is, essential oils are highly concentrated, and I mean, just to throw out a fact, a myth, a myth buster. Um, I hear this a lot, especially in my faith. Christians talk about Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. That's in myrrh, right? Trust y'all. That wasn't essential oils. Essential oils didn't exist back then. Uh-huh. How? Why? <laughs> they didn't have steam distillation wasn't invented until the ninth century by Arab alchemists. So before then, our ancestors used herbal extracts, which is great. You get a, you know, you could do it today. Get a pint or a quart mason jar, put a bunch of lavender flowers in, put some olive oil, let that steep for two weeks. That's your herbal extract. That's what our ancestors, that was the anointing oil that God told Moses to make, right? What we have today is something concentrated that our ancestors couldn't even conceptualize. So you're looking at a lavender bottle, like say like a bottle like this, let me pull out one for just, you know, demonstration purposes, you're looking at roughly three pounds of lavender here. I mean, it's hard to conceptualize. Like you pick up a lavender flower, it's lighter than air, three pounds of it, right? So you steam distill that. When you're looking at the same bottle size, you're looking at 40 lemon rinds. So you get lemons, the rind of the lemons were the essential oil as you extract that, cold press it like olive oil, and you get 
just a couple hundred drops. So they're highly concentrated. It, it's advisable that you ingest them with a fatty carrier because you need something to dilute the essential oil. Um, that's why all of our topical preparations always include a carrier oil like jojoba, sweet almond, olive oil, even coconut. When you ingest them to your point, yes, but we want to do it safely. And as long as the oil is pure, meaning there's no adulterant, no synthetic ingredient, which by the way, most on the market are fake, just like CBD and olive oil and wine. Okay, let me, yeah. let me drop something on you. Most wine on the market, most olive oil, most essential oils and CBD. We're talking 75 to 85% of all those products are adulterated because anyone can put a label on anything and sell it. And unless someone dies, heaven forbid, or someone gets sued, the FDA isn't monitoring these companies. People just sell whatever they want, even at then your grocery store. Then what are we gonna store. look for? What are we looking for on the label then to tip us off? Don't even look at the label. The label is marketing. What you do uh -huh. is you go to the website and every essential oil company and CBD company and olive oil company that's in wine that's worth their weight in salt, they'll have a batch specific report to let you know what's in the oil. This wasn't the case three, four years ago, but now transparency is key in every area of life, especially with essential oils. So what we see here is the importance of going, so again, I'm not expecting you to be a scientist, but it's called a GCMS, a gas chromatography mass spectrometry report. Okay, so what that is, it's basically the blood panel. So imagine you feel you might have heart issues, so you go to readylabnextdoor.com, you get a blood panel, they'll give you an executive report that says, hey, here's your blood pressure, here's whatever, here's your, your, your biomarkers for heart disease. All it says is within normal limits without. And you then go to the cardiologist to get a deeper dive. What the GCMS is, essentially that. It's the executive report that says, hey, there's contaminants in it, there's pesticides, or they're not and this is within normal limits or without. And so what these companies do, they invest millions of dollars to having their products third party evaluated so they could put it out there and say, look, we got the best stuff on the market and that's the company I wanna to go to. And there are several. I mean, there's not one or two, there are several companies that sell good oils out there and I would recommend if you're completely new to aromatherapy, you know, literally go to your local health food store. I mean, some of these people, by the way, before I had my formal education, I used to get a lot of my information from the folks at the natural health food stores. These are like, this is their livelihood, this mm -hmm. is their life. I would go to my friends, uh, mentors that I trusted, right? And that's the other thing. Who in your circle of influence do you really respect that you know, you know is healthy? You know, like my wife is Mama Z to the internet, but she's also Mama Z to everyone in our circle. So when our friends' kids get a fever or pink eye, they're calling Sabrina and being like, hey, because she's like a Rolodex in her mind of home re remedies, something she's been doing for 25 years. So go to that person, go to your Sabrina and say, hey, what oil do you use? What do you recommend? Well, my goal is to be the Sabrina of Arkansas before this is all over with. Good for you. Um, uh, I am a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition getting a health coaching certificate. So just learning all the things, oh, just it fascinates me. And we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We know that, we yep. know our creator instilled us with our bodies, the ability to heal. So I love he hearing these stories about healing and I know essential oils can do that. Okay, so we talked about that the oils hijack our um, immune system, right? It, it just, we are bombarded 
with things going through our nose, including the clothes we wear, the furniture we sit on. So how can we lessen, because in certain states in California, they have to have all the fire retardants and some other things or did did or didn't. I mean, I don't even know where we are because everybody's in litigation on stuff like this. But what about the, the furniture we sit on? How can we make that safe because they put all of those chemicals in it? That's a good question. Um, th- quite frankly, I focus on the things that I can control. Okay, and that, that's I, good. Yeah, and this is where my wife and I are, what's the best way of putting it? We are, we are obsessive, like borderline OCD when it comes to the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, and the food that we put in our bodies, and also what we put on our body. So the clothing and the body care. That stuff we have found we can absolutely control. In the, the air that we breathe, we have, the, we have air purifiers throughout our entire home, a unit with the whole house, water, double reverse osmosis, whatever your flavor of water is. But when it comes to stuff like that, I will tell you, that's where if you could find a non-toxic organic for sure, but like the chair that I'm sitting on, I, I know it's not perfect. I know there has to be some retarding, but you know what, my family and I, I'll tell you, we don't have any negative reaction to it, but that's kind of where I draw the line. And I wanna encourage okay, people. That's a good way. Yeah, I wanna encourage people though, This is I'm glad you mentioned it because you have to have a line like in the sand and and whatever your line is and i know people no joke like they will only use homemade furniture or wooden furniture they'll only oh, wow. use glass i got five okay. kids i can't have just glass like literally i we have to have plastic in my home like that's for the safety of my kids oh mm-hmm. blah blah it's bpa free it's the best you uh-huh. can get whatever but that's my compromise where i would encourage people one thing trust me do not compromise and this is why listening to lisa and her other guests are so important Food, air, water. I mean, that's fundamental. That That is fundamental to who we are as people. And if we have the proper food, air, and water consistently in our body, our body will naturally detoxify itself. And I would add skincare and what's on our clothes because here's the thing about clothes. And I'm not talking like, again, this isn't like 100% like organic. This is, you know, Nautica or Polo. But I wash it with a non-toxic detergent and most people don't recognize your detergent, your beautifully smelling blue stuff has a chemical surfactant in it that is chemically manufactured and engineered to keep the smell on after the rinse and after the drying cycle, which shouldn't be. You should not be able to smell your clothes, a fragrance, a day after you wash your clothes. That's not good. That's a chemical that's chemically encaptured, encapsulated. That's not good. And so a lot of folks have eczema and psoriasis and other skin conditions because they're constantly being bombarded by chemicals. And you gotta find, and I I have a recommendation if you're looking for one, but a friend of mine has a non-toxic laundry solution because his son had a horrible body rash all over his body when he was a baby and nothing worked, any cortisone cream, whatever, until he changed the detergent. And it was a four-letter detergent that I'm not gonna name because I don't want to get sued, but he right. found out what that four-letter detergent was with this, you know, the orange container. And it's very strong. I, I can't right? even go down the detergent aisle no. anymore because I smell it. Hey, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned that. 
that's a good sign. Your sense of smell is strong. This is, actually I mentioned this when I'm doing more formal classes. If you can go down the detergent aisle and if you don't get sick, if you don't get a headache, <laughs> right, if you don't right. get nauseous, if you don't get wheezy, if you don't feel weird, if you don't get an adverse reaction, that's a red flag that your sense of smell has been dampened. You know what that's like, Lisa? That's literally the same thing as putting your hand in a fire and not feeling pain. That's diabetic neuropathy. That's diabetic neuropathy. People right. who have neuropathy with diabetes, they can't feel their limbs. Next thing you know, there are sores that develop in the gangrene that could take your life because their sense of pain has been dampened. If your sense of smell has been dampened and damaged, you will not have that defense mechanism because that aisle is the most poisonous, toxic Bad. aisle in that entire store. And I'm with you. I literally have to hold my breath mm -hmm. and I run or I walk past it really quick because I can't even stomach it. And is that a sign of weakness? Well, okay, go go into nuclear war and, and breathe in napalm. Is that a sign of weakness? No, no, but the reality is that's a sign, Lisa, for you that you've detoxed your body, your life, yeah. your, your cells are regenerating. So folks, these are the litmus tests. This is the stuff they don't teach medical doctors in medical school. They didn't even teach me that in chiropractic school. I, need, I didn't even learn this in aromatherapy school. This is the stuff that we need to recognize. What are the litmus tests that we have available to us to see if I'm good? Because there is no blood test to see, hey, how's your sense of smell? Or how, how's your olfaction? How's your right. limbic system functioning right now? Like, are you mood imbalanced? How, does, how do you measure that? So all these little nuances help guide people. So please get non-toxic laundry care, especially because so your clothes. What words yes. are we looking for? Free and clear? Because I've heard even in free and clear, they can still deposit something in it. Again, the labels, if there's one thing I've learned about everything, <sighs> right. food, what's USDA organic? What's all that mean? Um, labels essentially are useless. Yeah. All natural, organic. What does that mean, organic? Because that could be 75% of the ingredients are organic, but the 25% could be, again, glyphosate. I mean, so there are no labels to look at. You literally have to go to the, the website, look at the ingredient list, and the products I use, it's all plant-based, they don't use the chemical surfactants to keep the chemicals on. They actually have unscented versions for you. It does a good job and it brings us back to what clothes should and used to smell like before all these chemicals. Like, you know, when my grandma was using one of those rolling pin things back in the day. You know, I mean, there's a certain smell to clothes and it, it shouldn't smell the way that they do. Right, but yeah. you have to then train your brain to sniff and not expect anything. Yeah. Because now when I get clothes out of the dryer, now I spray them with essential oils and I use tennis balls mm -hmm. to kind of keep, it helps with static and wrinkles and stuff. But I'm, it's taking me a minute and I've been doing this now. I've really been working on it for about a year and a half. So that's why I now go down the grocery aisle and I can smell it or if someone has a certain detergent on, oh, I'm doubled over. But you have to train yourself that your clothes won't have a smell. It smells like celery, meaning it just smells like nothing. I mean, a zucchini, it doesn't have a smell. So it, it, it's part of marketing that has told us that everything has to be scented. And we're scent drunk, not punch drunk, we are scent drunk. Yeah. And I know I have been because I have loved scents for so long. So this has been a big thing for me to 
I've removed that, um, even dishwashing detergent. And it's, you just have to do your due diligence. And you know, our grandmothers made their own detergent with borax yeah. and so-and-so and so like baking soda. I got a recipe on my website. You can make it, like no joke. You could get six months worth of detergent for 20 bucks. I Isn't mean, that insane? Six bucks, six, six months. And so we, we make our own. But also, we gotta tell you, we have five kids. I'll keep on saying that because we're busy. I mean, just by virtue of changing diapers and dropping off and picking up kids all over the place, we don't have time to make everything. So we, we make as much as possible, which is a ton. But when those times are like, oh man, you know, we have backups for everything. But it's also nice to have non-toxic options. And if you can afford them, get them and there are a variety of different pricing like you could get natural organic body care that you could eat that cost a hundred bucks an ounce like okay that's maybe not realistic for most people like what about some other things so yeah it's we are addicted to smell and it makes sense because there is an actual like evolutionary biological purpose to that. Again, God gave us the sense of smell to protect us, to draw us to those. Why do you think we love roses so much? I mean, it actually mm. stimulates healthy hormones in the brain. It's been shown to help children with autism, help with anxiety and stress, a natural aphrodisiac. Like there's a reason the Bible talks about the Rose of Sharon and all the beautiful herbs and scents. It's like these 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 flowers, these aromas literally impact our brain physiology, our chemistry or hormones, but they also have nutrition, a lot of these herbs, and we're drawn to the smell of orange blossom, which brings us to the orange that's rich in mm. vitamin C. I mean, yes. if you think of it, yeah, the poor mm -hmm. zucchini, the poor potato, the, but, <laughs> but you know, by and large, some of the most wonderfully aromatic plants are some of the healthiest for us to use for our medicine, but also our food. And so that is definitely a gift from God. But it has to be, same thing with the gift of, of, of um, flavor and the gift of sex. I mean, sex is wonderful, let's, let's be real. If we didn't enjoy sex, we wouldn't procreate and the human species would die. We enjoy food. If we didn't enjoy food, we wouldn't eat, we would die. But it's when now we've taken that lust for food to the next level where we're only eating high sugary fatty junk that's where it's like, okay, how do I balance and temper this natural God-given desire for smell, for taste, for sex, for music, for affection, for everything? How do we balance all of it? And that's where, to me, abundant life is. And we're being bombarded like never before in the history of the world through marketing propaganda and all the technology that we have. We're being bombarded to truly gorge ourselves and be gluttonous in every area. So it's not just food that you can be gluttonous for, it's the sense of sight, the sense of smell, the sense of everything. It's like, it's just, it's, it's overload. And people are walking addicts. So when something like the 2020, 2021 crisis happens, no wonder so many people are falling into depression, hunger um, driven, craving eating. I mean, like the COVID 20. I mean, how many people are gained weight because of COVID? And it's not a criticism, it's just, that's the litmus test. Like we talked earlier, it's the red flag where if, if you're walking down that aisle and you get a headache, that's actually a good sign because your body's defending you. Headaches and pain are good to say, hey, something's wrong, get it fixed. This litmus test of what's happened because of COVID is a stark reality of where we are as a people and where our health is collectively. And so thankfully people are talking more about natural things now, natural immune boosters and sanitation. Because as dangerous as fragrances are and smell, 
hypersanitation. And I talk about this in my new book, The Essential Oils Apothecary is coming out. Alzheimer's. Alzheimer's has the highest prevalence in hypersanitized countries. We need bacteria. We need viruses. We need fungi to live. And right. it's like, what are you saying? We can't sanitize everything. We will walk around like cancer patients on chemo with no immune system, which will put yeah. people at risk of dying of the common cold or flu. That's the risk of sanitation, hypersanitation. So what do we do? We make our own hand sanitizer because no way in the world am I ever gonna use that. And even when I go, I'm never gonna use that stuff. I mean, like I will opt out of everything. If there's one public enemy, number one, it's it's conventional hand sanitizer. And thankfully back last year, again, when the 2020 crisis hit, the FDA said, hey, oh, by the way, these like 80 different types of hand sanitizer, don't use them. You know, they're bad. They, I mean, it got on the radar. It, 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 put, it was like something hit. People are like, oh wow, why would the FDA just ban and outlaw all these hand sanitizers? Right, but you know, in some in stores, them. they were requiring you at, um, I think, um, I know the it. yoga place or one of them. So many. They they said you had to use a hand sanitizer to come to their store, and I was, I wouldn't. I walked right out. Um, I had a, went, walked into a restaurant, and he said, you're gonna have to use a hand sanitizer. I said, I've got too many autoimmune conditions. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't do that. And or you bring he, your own, right? What if you bring right. your own? Because our kids' school requires hand sanitizer, so we talk oh, to the do. headmaster, and we're like, look, we'll, we'll make our own. And it's so simple. Get some high-grade um, organic, or I'm sorry, um, organic grain alcohol or a highest-proof vodka you can, fill it in the spray bottle, put 20, 30 drops of essential oil, you're done. Like, spray. that's what hand sanitizer mm -hmm. is, y'all. So you just spray it on your hands. So we have our kids. That's what they use. If if someone's gonna require me to go into a store, A, I won't, or, like, look, I got my own. And what are they gonna say? Like, no? Like, what, I gotta use your Purell? I got my own, right? You might hear me from time to time talk about my time as a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York, something I'm doing online to get my health coaching certification. I got interested, well, I've always had an interest in health. You might hear that in a lot of these episodes because so many of these are about health because it concerns me. But my daughter started the program in January of 2021, and she's doing the 12-month program. Well, you know, I got to pointing and clicking there on uh, the World Wide Web, and I saw where they have a six-month program. So I was like, <laughs> I have to win this contest. I know. I thought, I really want to do that. I've got the time now in my life to devote to six months of study and to get my certification. Well, here I am. And I'm so excited. If you have any interest at all, if this is kind of gnawing at you thinking, gosh, should I do it? Just go to the link in the show notes and find out more. They're the nicest people. I remember my call with them. You kind of chatted up with them. You find out some things they've got. They ask you some things about you. And for me, I signed up. You might do the same thing at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Right. So, um, and then it's also a nice talking point because, you know, we're health evangelists. I'm always trying to convert people. Totally. And I'm like, hey, and then they smell this, like, ooh, what's that? I'm like, oh, that's neroli. Let me talk about the orange blossom. Ooh, I do love <laughs> neroli. Right, or whatever it might be. So what, what do you do? Do you have uh, teenage boys? 
No, I have a 12-year-old daughter and then two boys in the middle, 8 okay. and 10, but no, not I, yet. I've, I've got a warning, and I've got to be real frank with you. Those two boys are going to smell oh, I know. like the no. sewer had come home <laughs> when they go through puberty. I thought my son left his, uh, he was an athlete, and he left his uh, cleats in the back of the car. I thought something had died. That's when we were using fake scents, too, to cover it. Yeah. What are you going to do then to, because it's, it's a smell. Like, I can't warn you. It's It stinks. What are you going to do then to help get Usher through those teenage years so that Mama Z doesn't uh, faint? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll bet my wife says that about me after I play five hours of beach volleyball, too. Yeah, um, sure. We have all this stuff. I mean, there's, there's um, we have odor powder. Like, in my book, my first book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, it's filled with these home and body solutions okay. and a foot okay. powder um, again simple stuff you don't have to use cornstarch if you're allergic to it there's a number of different varieties of it but yeah we have all kinds of powders and sprays and and the reality is we're all about smelling good too I mean we really do I mean yeah. making your own like bentonite clay or non-toxic deodorant is so important like we don't use antiperspirant we want our body to perspire right God right. gave us those pores for a reason right. so we have all that but yeah i'll tell you um we have stinky boys i mean my eight and ten year old they're stinky too but we, it's gonna we, get worse yeah. i know we spray them and you know what we do though and this is something we do um the kids don't know any better meaning this has been their life since day one but we essentially anoint our kids with oil every day before we send them off to school we have so this sweet. joyful body oil it's a wonderful smell of orange and vanilla it smells like a creamsicle or dreamsicle but it's literally been proven like in my new book i talk about a research study and using a orange and vanilla essential oil to help people through a hopeless situation and improve their mood and their ability to cope i mean it was a wonderful study and it's like if who isn't helpless right now who isn't hopeless right now who who doesn't or hasn't dealt with a little bit of that over the last year it's clinically proven smelling something that's good for you that makes you feel good and you enjoy helps you overcome that so it's like you know what it's not as bad as it might look it's like that little edge like wow chicken little the sky's falling but when you're inhaling something, so what we do is we have that, my, my wife calls it her joyful blend. We put it right on them. We, we strip them down. We oil them up. Now they oil themselves up because they're old enough. My four-year-old daughter, a little too young, but she usually gets a lot on her tummy, but nowhere else. But we oil them up. We put on their clothes. We send them off to school. Now they're walking diffusers. And no joke, the teachers, <laughs> every <laughs> year the teachers are like, your kids are always so happy. They always smell so good. And they but that, smell good. But that's how we do it. And then so if, they're, if they come home stinky after playing, we anoint them again, um, but I, we we got to say we have a lot of those little solutions. Plus, but quite frankly, these diffusers behind us here—that's so important. I mean, we love that that wonderful aromatic experience throughout the day, and so that also helps just set a tone. But it only aerates a room about this big. You need like thirty in your house. Do you have one in every room, yeah. like the bathroom, every and the room. kitchen, and the every dining room. room? Okay. Well, just like how most people have wallflowers in every room, we used to. I mean, I used to buy my wife, I used to go to Bath and Body Works, I used to buy her a wallflower for every plug in every room. And yeah. that was my gift to her for Christmas. And she used to have, hey, we're going to Maui tomorrow. So she would do her tropical scent for a month. And then, oh, we're going to Apple Orchard. And she'd have her apples for the fall season. Um, but yeah, we do the same thing. Um, with, a, with basically everything you have in your home 
we took out and we put an essential oil version of it. It can be replaced. Yeah, easy. So what about shampoos, have phthalates and parabens and make fragrances? Yeah, make your own. You make your own shampoo yeah. Or Oh yeah, you can make your own super easy. Again, my first book, The Healing Power of Essential Oils, has all that stuff. Okay. But the thing about shampoo is this, or conditioner, it's like you gotta have the time and the energy to do certain stuff. Our recommendation is getting a, and it's easy. Again, there are brands, like what's the brand I really like? Whole Soup, Whole Food sells it. Um, um, forgive me if I'm mispronouncing it. I can see it in my head. Um, Alafi, I think it is. Oh, uh, yeah. You know Alafi? E-L, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. I don't know how to pronounce it. That's a great brand. But if, you, if you're sensitive to smell, get the unscented version and then put the essential oils in the bottle. That's what we do. Okay, so, that's what I've done with my detergent. Am exactly. I okay on that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of little stuff. Like, get unscented version of anything that's non-toxic. It's so easy to get. And body care is so easy. The, the, the salves and the lotions. But when it comes to the hair stuff, same thing. Get the unscented version. Put some essential oil. But again, the, the Alafi brand, it's kind of cheap. I mean, it's not 20 yeah. bucks a bottle. No. That's what we use. Um, unless, you know, we're making our own, which we do. But it's one of those things where it's like, to me, I am focused on making the things that matter the most. And again, food. We we make most of our food. We want to make sure our water and our air is good and our body, like the stuff like that's going to be stuck on your skin all day. Um, that's important. My hair, well, I wash it out, right? Okay, well, let's talk about foods. What are your priorities then with food, making sure they're non-toxic <clears throat> and safe for your family? What do you, what do you, choices are you making? You know what we have? We have a wonderful garden in the back. I want to encourage people, uh, well, a little side note. Even if you live in an apartment, you could still get a little bucket and put a tomato plant in it. I, right. I want to encourage everyone to get that green thumb that God gave you. Don't, I just heard a friend say, oh, I kill everything. My husband's got the green thumb or my wife does. Like, no, no, no. It's simple. Follow the instructions. Um, but making your own herbs, you know, growing your own herbs are so easy. And now you have plants in your house which help with the air, right? Detoxifying all that. But when it comes to food in general, um, you know, I, I guess we all, we have all have our different philosophies of meat, veganism, and all that kind of stuff. But the focus is we eat real food, and we look at the ingredients. And quite frankly, if ingredients aren't necessarily, uh, if I can't understand them. Right. If I can't read them, if I don't know what they are, that's where out of everything the ingredient or the, the label is so important on food is I don't care what the label says about what they think. I care what's in it. So I became an avid ingredient list reader and I don't compromise on sugar at all. Like I don't compromise on any of the aliases of sugar. And there are a number. Look it up. I mean, it's just not sugar. It's maltodextrin, glucose, fructose, high fructose corn syrup, and all these little secret names that they say instead of sugar. I don't do cane sugar. Again, that's sugar. I don't do organic cane sugar. Again, that's sugar. And I, I try to go back to like, a, what are the things I'm not willing to compromise on? And that's a big one. Um, and the thing that I wanna encourage people to is allow your body to tell you what you can and cannot tolerate. And and that's the age old argument against grains or gluten or things. It's like some people do well, other people don't. I think a lot of it has to do with ancestry. Like I'm from Sicily, my family, and so there's a lot of pasta and breads in my, but when I go to Italy, it's actually known as the Italian paradox. When, you, when I went to Italy, 
recently, and I, I spoke at a conference, I ate freely. I ate their breads and I had zero reaction because- Isn't that crazy? Well, it's real food. They don't allow glyphosate. They don't allow Roundup. They don't have genetically modified food. Like it's literally outlawed. Our wheat in America is trash by and large. And the food that we have here has been so chemically manufactured. You go overseas, you actually taste a grape for the first time. Like your seed, you, most people have never even tasted a grape. Like your seedless grape at the store that tastes like sugar, it's chemically manufactured. Like it's sterile. You think about Does that. Does it help then in those in the fruits and vegetables to stay organic? Of Does course, that mean yeah. then Monsanto doesn't put glyphosate on our foods well, and we hope. other things? Yeah, but we yeah, hope. Right. But right. I mean, it's it's here's the thing. There is no guarantee for anything pure because and this was shocking. Bringing it back to essential oils, there was a study in the four, um, 2014 evaluating the pesticide residue in essential oils and citrus oils are a primary concern because um, the rind of the citrus oil gets cold pressed to get the uh, the to get the uh, the drops well even organic citrus groves which meant they used approved pesticide not or whatever it is they used approved um, um, pest control or they didn't use outlawed pesticide which again is gray but there were still pesticides detected in the oil why because right down the road you have a farmer the guy sure and, and it it's in the air, downstream. Right. in the stream. And it's at the end of the day, there is no escaping this onslaught. And so that's where the OCD comes into play. You'll end up in a bubble and you'll end up going nuts. So we try our best. Like I'd rather you eat r normal conventional pesticide ridden blueberries and not eat blueberries at all. I mean, seriously, think right. about I that. See. I see. And the okay. research studies, by the way, blueberries are a great example. Blueberries have been shown to kill cancer cells. Mm -hmm. The research was not clear, and so we can only assume they were conventional blueberries. They didn't say USDA organic. So when we're looking at most of the research studies about nutrition, it's about the actual food or vegetable, fruit or vegetable that they're getting, and it's normally not organic. So when it comes down to it, yeah, I'd much rather people just get as much produce as they can. And I know people say, heresy, heresy. Well, hey, you know what? If it's between eating a blueberry or eating a Newton-O or some junk food because that's what I'm craving or it's because I can't afford organic blueberries, no joke. How many people are struggling financially right now and you tell them they have to order everything from Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck, organic, they're overwhelmed. They'll go to Walmart and get their Stouffer's Plus and Hamburger Helper and that's the barrier that we gotta break through. And I'll tell you, and my nutrition professor in school was really kind of tongue in cheek about it, you know, it's actually cheaper to eat fruits and vegetables than it is not. And the perfect example are potatoes. You get three pounds of potatoes at the store, even organic, how much does that cost? Like a couple bucks for a three pound bag? Right. Well, how much would it cost for three pounds worth of potato chips? You can right. make your own potato right. chips. You can get some oil, right. fry them, you can bake them. Right. You can have five meals with those potatoes, but those bag of potato chips, which cost five times as much, void in nutrition, gonna make you hungry in an hour, gonna make you fat, not gonna make you healthy because you cheated, Right? Yeah, do I have right. natural potato chips? Yeah, once in a while, you know? I mean, there's a level where I'm willing to go, there's a line, but 
we definitely stick away from the bad oils. We want to make sure they're good oils and there's no, again, we so do the best So none of the seed can. oils you do probably uh, great. Yeah, none of the seed oils you do avocado oil, extra virgin olive oil or coconut oil, yeah. I would assume. Yeah. Butter or ghee. Yeah. Right, those are the, I'm, I'm thinking in my yeah. kitchen in there what yeah. I cook with. That's, yeah, that's no all you need. Oils. That's yeah. all, or then, sesame seed yeah. is good, actually. And you know what they've just found out? You may know this, but that olive oil can take a higher heat. At one time, it was mm -hmm. not. It was known it could not take a high heat, and now they are seeing through testing, like in the last year, that you can get a higher heat to it. Because you sometimes do want that your chicken, even if you don't bread it, because I don't bread mine, but I do like it still to sear it with mm -hmm. a higher heat, and I can do that now with olive oil. Essential oils enhance the flavor of the food, but it gives your food nutritional, a non-nutritional immune boost. That That's the key. Essential oils are non-nutrition. There's no vitamins, minerals, fat, proteins, carbs. There's no vital, vital nutrition in them. They're rich in bio, they are technically bioactive compounds, which means they're rich in antioxidants and plant-based chemicals like, you know, um, terpenes or linalool or others that boost the immune system, that enhance metabolism. You inhaling, it's been shown, inhaling lime oil and grapefruit, it's been shown to stimulate lipolysis, fat burning. Inhaling peppermint can help curb hunger. Consuming cinnamon bark, which we do. I love my matcha green tea latte. I'll put a drop of cinnamon and drop of peppermint in it. That's been shown, cinnamon bark, to increase insulin sensitivity and balance blood glucose. Why am I talking about this? Well, we're, we're, we're battling obesity and diabetes, which are two in hand in hand, with using essential oils as a way of helping give your food a little better, even healthier punch to it. And by the way, you've never had guacamole without a drop of lime or a drop of cilantro. It's like power flavor. And the thing, and this is, I gotta be careful because I have a lot of friends, my mother-in-law included, and others who are herbalists. My, my concern with dried herbs, which are great, but they're dried, the essential oil is dehydrated out, so you lack all that antioxidant property. So you'll, I've seen different reports from different experts, but it takes roughly like a whole tablespoon of cinnamon powder to equal one drop of cinnamon. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about concentrated plant-based medicine to the next level. And so a lot of folks, and I know, use turmeric and cinnamon and black pepper for anti-inflammatory. I mean, CBD, everyone loves CBD. Like there's there's a chemical in copaiba and black pepper that's beta caryophyllin. I talk about all about this in my new book, The Essential Oils Apothecary, because there's a chemical called beta caryophyllin in these essential oils that trigger CB2 receptors. It does the same thing as CBD, mm -hmm. has the same effect on the body, which pain relieving, stress relieving, help you sleep. But there's absolutely no connection to marijuana or cannabis. Some people are concerned about that. I get it, I'm not, because I know good CBD has no psychotropic effects. It won't make you high. But unfortunately, like olive oil and essential oils and, and the others we talked about, most CBD in fake. the market is fake. Yeah. Or it's, here's the thing, it's mislabeled where the people manufacturing, this is a big deal, y'all. Like when I was, again, I, I was floored. When I was researching for my new book, most are mislabeled, meaning there's more or less THC than advertised. 
And that's the concern is because THC is what gets you high. And if a CBD bottle reports zero THC and this researcher evaluated and says, uh-uh, there's actually residues in it, they've found like, I forget what it is, it's in my book, forgive me, I don't know the number, but literally like 50 to 60% of all bottles are mislabeled. It's like there's more, typically more THC or less than what you're seeing. So all that to say, finding, oh, there actually is something called the hemp, oh, again, all these things escaping me. There's an association, kind of like the USDA organic, but there's a seal that hemp growers can get. It's like the main primary US um, United States Hemp Association seal that a good manufacturer, a supplier will get it approved. And so this third party, like the USDA organic, supposedly, right? right. We're gonna go can audit make sure, yeah. yeah. And that's sure. key. That's the kind of stuff we're looking for when it comes to okay. CBD. Unfortunately, oils, there is no third party, which is interesting. There is no like agency that gives you that stamp of approval. It's each individual company going to an individual third party. Okay, just to remind our listeners, this is not medical advice we're giving. We're just talking, having a conversation here because I don't want to go to prison over what we're going about to talk about. But I want to know what the Z family does when, let's say, you think your kid has an ear infection. What are some of the things you start working on? Well, first, we look at the systemic infection, and it's, it's the same approach that I took when we all got COVID, and it's the same approach we took when I got pneumonia, and it's the same approach, again, the same approach. Like, there's this immune-boosting strategy that we have, and every oil company, whether doTERRA, Young Living, Plant Therapy, Eden Gardens, they all have their immune-boosting essential oil and typically that includes a mixture and this is why I'm giving this to you because you can make your own at home Mm -hmm. if you want but I would recommend starting off with equal parts of clove, cinnamon bark, eucalyptus, lemon, orange, and rosemary. Sounds wonderful. Now what orange, sweet, wild, bitter, whatever you got, what eucalyptus, radioactive, whatever you got, like when it comes to it, this is something that I want to encourage people not to worry about um, French lavender versus you know English mm-hmm. lavender. All right, most of the oils in that family have a similar composition, unless it's indicated by the research. Eucalyptus is eucalyptus, frankincense is frankincense, right? Even though there's five or six different species of frankincense you could buy. So I just want to like for those people who are advanced or more intermediate in their essential oil acumen, they're always asked that question, what's the Latin name? It's like, trust me, it doesn't really matter, um, as long as the oil's pure. So you use those oils, and we like to start with equal drops of it, and we'll diffuse okay. those oils, we'll make a two to 5% body care, which is essentially a, a, a dilution. So again, I wanna encourage folks to take a little bit of time to learning the basics of aromatherapy before diving in. Um, I have free resources on my website. I got two best-selling books, one on the way. Um, There's charts available online, but get some of the basics down because when you learn how to properly dilute essential oils, it's just simple math. It's like five drops of oil with this amount of carrier oil, you know, that kind of stuff. You'll be within regular safe limits. Like there are max oral doses. There are max dermal doses on your skin. Again, you're just not pouring that on your skin. You'll hurt yourself. You'll burn your mouth. The mucous membranes will be, they're caustic. So we will do a body oil of it. We'll put the aromatherapy um, in our diffusers, but also we'll ingest it. And I could put three to four drops of that blend in a gel capsule with 
Always fill up your gel capsules with olive oil. I actually like to put a dose of CBD in that as well. That helps as a carrier oil. I ingest that once or twice a day. Again, we just got sick. When it comes to the kids, we just decrease the oral dose. And here's my little secret for the kids. I call it my immune boosting snack. I get a tablespoon of almond butter and I'll put a drop of that essential oil blend, just one drop, little teaspoon of honey. I love Manuka honey, mm-hmm. uh, quarter teaspoon or so of um, pumpkin pie spice or cinnamon, a little bit of Himalayan pink salt, and you mix that together. Cinnamon and honey, by the way, is extremely antibacterial, wonderfully healing. People have been using a cinnamon and honey remedy for topical and internal wounds forever. Um, I like to add that into the mix and it complements. My kids call it tasty butter. I mean, it's like candy because of the honey, but we'll give them that as like a snack once or twice a day. So that way they get, you know, end up getting, yeah, but it's very diluted and it's highly safe. But for the ear infection, we'll also put tea tree oil and lavender around the ear, um, the ear itself, not ever in the ear. That's a concern that people have because it could actually, you know, burn your ear canal, but also Mm -hmm. hurt your eardrum. You never put oils in your nose or in your ear. Um, you can ingest them, and there are anal suppositories. You gotta do it the right way, but ear never, nose never, eyes never. Yeah, same thing with eye infection, like pink eye, same thing, around the eye, around the okay. eye socket, lavender and tea tree, you dilute the oil. Again, you can put a, a teaspoon of coconut oil, one drop of lavender, one drop of tea tree, mix up in your hand, put it around your eye for pink eye, we have that for the kids, put it around the ear. But because the volatile, the organic compounds start to evaporate and will literally kill some of the infection. And it's one of those things that with our quote unquote antibiotic approach where we're killing the bacteria through the essential oils and just healthy nutrition, letting the kids knock it out naturally, um, we've been able to avoid antibiotics for for, for the large part of our family for the last like 16 years. And then what about digestion? A lot of people battle um, GERD and some other things. Um, what, what are I'm just thinking kind of the common health concerns that people have. What's What are some good essential oils then to tackle that? When it comes to GERD, it's important to be very careful about ingesting oils, especially how you do it. A problem that I myself developed before I knew any of this stuff was I actually cause GERD by consuming essential oils too much. Peppermint essential oil is so relaxing. It's a muscle relaxant. By the way, great for aches and pains and arthritis, but it can relax the esophageal sphincter, which separates and protects the esophagus from food coming up, gastric juices and acid from mm-hmm. the stomach. So people that are ingesting peppermint, it could it could loosen and soften and release that so valve and more, that can cause GERD. Same yep. thing for other essential oils. So we never ingest oils without a, um, a capsule. We never just put in our water ever because that's that's a big issue. So oh. Ever, ever in your water because water and oils don't mix. So you're basically just drinking a drop of oil and flushing it down with water. Oh, dear. But with my matcha latte, there's coconut or almond oil in it. That fatty substance disperses it now. So it's like you're not drinking one drop in a in you're drinking throughout the whole experience. You want to dilute the essential oil. You want to use a carrier. Okay. So GERD, we approach topically. 
and putting essential oils on the chest and on the abdomen and everything from peppermint to ginger. Ginger's a great run. Roman chamomile, tarragon, um, wonderful essential oils that could help with um, um, uh, stomach issues. If I'm thinking of lemon is great for nausea. Ginger, peppermint, again, are the, the go-to. Caraway, um, another good one. Cardamom, these are really nice oils that could help with digestion. Um, but be very careful when you're ingesting for GERD. Now, if you have indigestion, stomach upset, yeah, ingest oils with a capsule. Um, that could help a lot. Again, the peppermint, the ginger, lemon, that, that's a great blend. Okay, so I've tried to do the little capsules. They, we're, we're showing this uh, on YouTube where people are listening in their cars. I'm telling you, they are teeny tiny mm. things. And I'm somehow gonna use my little fat sausage fingers to yep. put a dropper in those little capsules. How is it done? That little dropper right there, pipette. that's it. You gotta buy a pipette. It's simple. Okay. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. You, 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 there's a couple tools. Let me see if I got another one here. There's another tool. Oh, I got to find it. But there's a tool I have that pops open the the essential oil because essential oil has a dropper in it and it, it pops does. it open, right? You can do it with your nail or sometimes. It, but it's hard. I've tried that too yeah. and it's hard. But there, there's a little popper. It costs you a couple bucks at your aromatherapy okay. supply, but you can get a, a metal piece that pops it open. But yeah, getting a pipette is the best way. And All you right. put two drops in your, in your vegan gel capsule, fill the rest up with olive oil. But yeah, it's small. Um, it's homemade. This is I love it. This is life. I mean, this was life like it. before the convenience of all these, you know, pills and medications and processed food. And and where has that taken us? Well, I'm telling to you, to pushing daisies. Yep. You know, or with type two diabetes. Oh, there it so, is. This little yeah. tool. Oh, simple. Oh. Just pop it up. See, is that neat? Yeah. yeah, simple. Okay, those of you listening uh, on the podcast need to go to YouTube and yep. see what he's talking well, about because well, I have no idea. That looks like um, a brass fancy cheese grater. Yeah, yeah, just pop me. I mean. For little bitty rats. There, I like to describe things. I've been in radio a long time and we've had you know, theater of the mind. We've had to tell our listeners what they were seeing. So Dr. Z, you're fantastic. I, I wish I had you on speed dial because there are a million questions. I love that you're a chiropractor too. Chiropractic care and acupuncture has changed my health in ways and intermittent fasting, I'd say. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.